Welcome back to Nebraska Hawks Nest. I'm Adam. I'm joined here by, in my opinion, the future of Hawkeye Media on the cusp of everything that's happening new, Lucy Rodine. How's it going? It's great. Thank you so much for having me. That was an awesome intro video. I'm hyped now. I wish I could take credit for it, but I cannot. <laughs> I, uh, it'd have been real choppy and grainy and all jacked up if I would have done it. So somebody much better than me, uh, much better than me did that. Um, one is we're going to start out talking a little bit about, um, what really kind of blew up your stardom. Um, and you, everybody knows you from the Iowa State video. Um, and we want to, I want to actually start a little bit before that, um, how you became a big Hawkeye fan. Um, I, I believe I read you, you grew up in North Carolina and your dad is an Iowa alum, uh, mm -hmm. kind of in, you're in, you're in Wake Forest country. Tell me about becoming a Hawkeye fan and, and how that came to be for you. Yeah. So I grew up 15 minutes away from Wake Forest. Um, but most, I, I mean, this is like the the crappiest college town in America, in my opinion. Nobody, really? cares about, no one cares about Wake. I've I've lived here my entire life. I mean, minus like the my first two years of existing, where I was born in Des Moines. But I've lived here my entire life. I've gone to two Wake Forest athletic events, and I'm a huge sports fan. Like people here just just do not care about Wake. Uh, I meet more Carolina and Duke fans every day than I will Wake fans, and huh. once. Again, 15 minutes away. And it's just, I mean, it is not an athletic school at all. So I never really grew up caring about Wake Forest. My dad graduated from Iowa in 92. He's from West Des Moines. So I always grew up just a huge Hawkeye fan. It was never really a choice. My siblings and I knew like what Saturdays were for. We were never, ever going to be anything but Hawkeyes. And so I went through, you know, well, I guess I don't know what it was. Something about Iowa and just not having any other Iowa fans around me made me like a super crazy Iowa fan growing up. Like I was like a weird kid, like weird how much I liked Iowa. It was not normal by any means. Uh, but like I just got really passionate about it. It was something I always really loved. And so I, I spent my whole life just being a hardcore Iowa fan. There was nothing I loved more than our yearly trip up to Iowa City to go to a game. And so once I was looking at schools and stuff, I mean, I, I applied to other schools, but I kind of always knew where I was going to go. And because I loved Iowa so much, I wanted to, you know, talk about sports forever as a job. And so I figured, well, why not go to Iowa and do it? So that's kind of how I ended up in Iowa City. I'm so happy it worked out that way. That's kind of wild growing all the way up in North Carolina. I'm sure people out there just did not get it that, you know, you got Duke and you got North Carolina. Like, why? And apparently Wake Forest doesn't have much pull whatsoever, <laughs> the Demon Deacons. Uh, what did your friends give you a hard time? Like, what the hell's wrong with you? Why are you a Hawkeye fan? Oh, I got bullied. I got bullied. And, you know, I'm not for bullying, but I would say the like the passion I had for Iowa probably warranted a little bullying. Yeah. Like, I was weird. I was weird with how much I liked Iowa. And so, I mean, I it, you, once you explain it like, oh, my dad went there. I mean, automatically, like people are like, oh, yeah, you know, it's a family thing. But I just I was so passionate about it. I knew everything I could about the team. Like I was, you know, it was I was very active on Twitter before, you know, I became Lucy Rodine TV just as a fan, stuff like that. So yeah, people definitely gave me a hard time for it, especially just because, you know, those were the lick lighter years and this is a basketball mm. state. So uh, I, you know, I just kept my mouth shut on that stuff. But <laughs> my time to shine. Yeah. Well, um, really wanted to also move into talking about this Iowa state video. Um, before you tell us all about it, um, you know, everybody knows that this is 
really for most of the people that know you, this was um, a lot of people's first interaction with you and seeing you on here. And I told you when I saw this for the first time, I was like, holy crap, this is the best thing I've ever seen. Like people talk about doing stuff like this, but they don't actually do it. So um, we're real quick here. We're just going to show um, a little clip of, uh, of what you did, not the whole entire thing, but we recommend everybody to go on and check it out. at Iowa State, we just love Ricky Stanzi. How much does he mean to this program? Too much. Everyone here just knows the legend of Ricky Stanzi. Just how much do students love him? Everybody loves him, man. I mean, even I know him, and I don't watch the sport that much. That's how much of a legend he is. So we had, um, you know, it, it seemed like it was not running super quick there, but, um, you know, you had a lot of interactions with different students there. Uh, tell me a little bit about how that idea came to fruition and, you know, where where you, when you decided to go for this. I actually had the idea. So I did that my senior year of college. I had the idea my sophomore year of college to do that. Um, I saw that, you know, being from North Carolina, I saw that some Duke students did that to UNC. And so I was like, oh, I could totally do it. I could do it better. And Duke and UNC are eight minutes apart from each other. And Iowa City and Ames are two hours apart from each other. But I was like, screw it. I'm going to do it, whatever. And I just didn't get the approval uh, my sophomore year to do it. I couldn't get credentials. And then my employers weren't super thrilled about the idea. Um, so, you know, I waited two years down the road and I was like, you know what? I'm doing it. There's nothing that's going to stop me from doing this. I just want to do it. If, you know, if I waste a day, I waste a day. That's what happens. I'll survive. So I had a day. It was just like a random like Wednesday where I was like, I only have one class in the morning. So I messaged a girl I worked with actually Riley McCarran's little sister. Okay. Uh, and so I was like, hey, can you like skip your classes today and come to Ames with me and help me film? And she, she looked like, like she couldn't keep it together during the beginning. Like she was laughing so hard. So nervous. She was she was a freshman too. So like okay. experience. It was like her second, third week in college. And she's like, and I'm like, all right, I'm driving you to Ames and this is what we're doing. And so she did keep it together. I was nervous. I was like, do you know anyone who goes here? Obviously I didn't, but like she knew a couple of people. So I was like, keep your head down, like, you know hold it together. Just, we are, I would always tell when I talked to students, I never lied. I said, I work for the student TV station. I just never said what school. So I okay. said, don't lie. Just keep the details to a minimum. And so she kept it together really well. But so it was just as simple as we drove out there. And I'll always remember this. Uh, I think it was so, it was so funny. So we're like leaving the journalism building. We like have our equipment uh, and I see my buddies like walking down the street. And so I like rolled down my windows and I'm like, yo, what's up, Jake, Trent? Like, what's up? And they're like, hey, what are you doing? And I said, oh, I'm driving to Ames. And they're like, what are you driving to Ames for? And I said, oh, you'll see, just wait. And then they were like, what? And I just sped off. And then it was so funny like that night because I put it all together in the same day. I was so excited. They texted me and they were like, so that's what you meant. And I was like, yeah. And uh, so drove there, um, you know, bought the t-shirts. A lot of people asked me if I returned it. No, I just, I left it in the trash can. Um, that's where I belong. She had to leave it there. Uh, never got caught. There was one guy who was like, he wasn't on to me, but he was like, oh, I don't think I've heard of that player. Uh, but no one got even close to catching me or anything like that. We were there for probably an hour or two. Uh, we spent more time just kind of driving around. Just, I've never been to Ames before. I don't have any intention on going back again, but I just wanted to see what it looked like and so it was a unreal day i can't believe that it i mean it worked out so perfectly and i mean it truly changed my life which is wild 
What was it like putting on that Iowa State shirt? That had I, I can just tell you that like I've had bets being out here in Nebraska that like if we ever lost the Heroes game, which we haven't for quite a while, that I have to wear a Husker shirt for a day. And thank God I haven't had to do that. Yeah. And I've kind of envisioned I'm like, God, that would suck. I would feel so awkward. Like how, how weird did that feel? It was it was definitely weird. I, so we went to the student store and I was like, OK, Maddie, like film me just but make it casual. And I was like, I'm not I went straight to clearance. I was like, I'm not paying full price for any of this crap. So I found the cheapest T-shirt I could. And I even said it in the video. I was like, my dad would be so mad at me right now. And that's all I could think of. It's like, oh. my dad, if he saw this, he I, I think he'd disown me. I genuinely <laughs> think he'd like, I don't want you in the family anymore. And I get it. I understand. And so it was definitely gross. But I kept telling myself it it will be worth it like people will forgive you for this like just one hour then you can throw it away it'll be this really momentous you know cathartic moment and then bam you never have to wear an Iowa State shirt again and so I hated it it was gross you know I felt wrong in my own skin but it was worth it I want to watch this one more time because it I don't know how great it played the first time and I can't get enough of it. I watched it like three times today. Hold on, let's let's try her again. At Iowa State, we just love Ricky Stanzi. How much does he mean to this program? Too much. Everyone here just knows the legend of Ricky Stanzi. Just how much do students love him? Everybody loves him, man. I mean, even I know him and I don't watch the sport that much. That's how much of a legend he is. That's I mean, he's 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 calling full legend status there. Um, you didn't seem nervous at all. Oh, oh can you hear me? Okay? I was very nervous. Yeah, sorry, I lost you for a second. Uh, I was very nervous driving up there. Very, very nervous. Uh, and Maddie, who was with me, she, I mean, she didn't know I was nervous. I was trying to keep it together the whole time. I was terrified because I was like, if I get caught, you know, I'm going to be the laughing stock. People are going to like give me so much shit. I'm going to end up on freaking like Barstool, Iowa State. Like, I don't want that. Like, I, I'm not going to be the laughing stock of the internet today. But then I kind of realized I was like, if someone catches you, Lucy, like, what are they going to do? They don't know your name. Like, nothing's like, you'll be fine. So I was just, I was nervous I was going to get caught. And then I was nervous that I was like, am I driving all the way here for nothing? And so, I, I just kept it together as as cool as I could. Like while we were setting up and I was waiting, trying to get people to talk to me, I was freaking out. I was internally losing my mind. But then I had my first interview uh, and it went really, really well. And I was like, okay, I got content from that. I just need a couple more. And so it started to get easier and easier. Um, and I was just, I was being very particular about who I asked. And I was like, okay, I'm starting to get the flow of this. Like I know what questions to ask. I know how to like work things. Uh, and finally, by the end, after I got that one guy who was like, oh, Ricky Stanley's a legend, I was like, I'm good. I'm not, I'm, I'm, I've got exactly what I need more. And so uh, it worked out fine. I was terrified then. And then once it was done, though, oh, it was such a great, like, just sigh of relief. I was like, I got the content I needed. And that's when Maddie and I started doing, like, the dumb stuff where I was, like, telling people go Hawks and stuff like that. Because I was like, screw it. I got nothing to lose at this point. Yeah. So. It was a lot of fun. He goes, I don't even watch football that much, and I know he's a legend. Well, no shit, you don't watch football that much. You didn't even know what where he played. It. That was fantastic. Um, I heard a little bit about – tell me a little about your, your process on how you picked who you picked for this because you got to know, like you look at a certain guy that's like athletic, like, okay, that dude knows he watches football. Like t tell us about your decision process on who you interviewed. Well, I mean, 
just frankly, you know, I had to be pretty judgmental. You know, I was not proud of the way I was viewing people that day. Um, if I saw someone wearing Iowa State gear, I wasn't going to talk to them. Um, I, I talked to guys who I was like, they give me the vibe they don't watch football. And then I was also incredibly careful with my original questions, um, which I'm so lucky this happened. One of the first guys I interviewed was a phenomenal interview. He truly, like as a journalism major, I can tell you that guy, it was a great interview and he was such a good interview that he, you know, he kept talking. And so I, I just asked him one basic question to start off with. I didn't even think of it. And he started going off about how he grew up an Iowa fan and that had never crossed my mind. I was like, Oh my God, yeah. these kids grew up Iowa fans or, you know, grew up in the state. They're going to know who I'm talking about. And so then I started to mold my questioning a little bit so that I could like kind of gauge what they knew because there were, probably two or three people after that first guy that those questions saved me some embarrassment because I could tell that, Oh, they actually know what they're talking about. I'm not going to ask them these questions. So I'm very thankful for that guy. I mean, he doesn't know what he did, but he was the guy I was talking to the first one who like helped me out said he was going to be cheering for Iowa. So I think like, you know, he probably saw that and was like, I'm happy to have helped. I'm happy to have done that. Well, uh, Jerry and I have a little something up our sleeve for the Heroes game week this year for Iowa, Nebraska. So we're um, we're not going to copy. We're going to come up with something totally original. But we wanted to know, um, is there going to be a Lucy Visits Ames Part 2 coming up? Well, I will not be living in that time zone uh, anymore. So most likely not. I would love I would love to do it again. I really, really would. But I, I kind of realized that I think I could do that for another school like Nebraska or like Michigan State or whatnot. But I think that at this point, I'm I'm recognizable enough that if I went to Ames, people would be like, I know that girl. I'm not <laughs> going to talk to her. They bust you out. Yeah. Um, I would love to do it again, but I'll get caught for sure this time. Speaking of old Sparty, Michigan State, <laughs> you got a little bit of a love affair going on with those guys. Uh, I, uh, From what I hear through the grapevine and the research I've done, there's a little bit of bad blood between you and the old uh, green and white. Can you tell us about that? Yeah. So it's a very interesting relationship. They're actually kind of my best friends now, which is weird. Um, really? But Yes, I know, right? Um, so it started a, over a year ago when Mark D'Antonio um, stepped down. Um, I, che I cheater, think, cheater. Yeah, I think Mark D'Antonio is the worst, and I'm pretty open about thinking that Mark D'Antonio straight up sucks. He's guy a is cheater. Okay, I'm lost you for a second. The okay. guy is, I hate Mark D'Antonio. I think that he cheats, and I think he's kind of scummy, and I, I've just never been a fan of his. And so when he stepped down, there were a lot of very interesting question marks about his timing of when he stepped down, like the way he did it. It just, it, it didn't add up. He took a $4 million retention bonus, like a few weeks prior, and then stepped down the day before national signing day, the day after all these allegations have been published about Michigan state football and in, in the Detroit newspaper. And so I was like, that's, that's, really cruddy and that's Mark D'Antonio and he screwed over Michigan State football that like this year because of like how horrible you know he left that program 
And so I posted a video, you know, I was, it was just a show I normally did called Big Ten Bliss. I just filmed it by myself where I just ripped him to shreds. And I, I didn't think I was that mean. Looking back, there may have been some things I probably wouldn't have said that I did. Um, and I, you know, my videos that I did for that stuff averaged 7,000, 8,000 views. And very rarely was it anyone outside of Iowa fans watching it. And so I'll never forget when I was in class, I had a night class that night and I was just like, you know, it was a really boring class. So I was like, you know, searching on the internet and I pull up Twitter and I have like 50 plus notifications and that's never good. So I opened it up and like the most popular Michigan state blog had seen it and shared it. And it was, I mean, the next week of my life was just unreal how much hate I was getting for Michigan state fans. And so it became this like weird little rivalry and they hated me so much and they were very public about hating me. Um, And then it became like one of the Michigan state fans. It became kind of his like persona to be like, uh, like a super fan for me, like to sort of like make fun of me. Um, but eventually I think he became a real fan. Um, and so I got to know the Michigan state fans a little well, uh, and now we're like friends. And so it's funny because they used to cyber bully me, but now when somebody cyber bullies me, they cyber bully them. It's a weird little circle of life. And so we had bad blood for sure, but we actually overcame it. And now I'm, they actually call me the queen of Michigan state Twitter, which is so what? Wow. Right. They call me the queen of Michigan state. Twitter. I don't tweet anything good about Michigan state. <laughs> But they just really liked me now. <laughs> I just thought it was so weird during that time how clearly out of nowhere, the timing of how when he stepped down and then you know, and, and when he left, there was clearly sanctions coming. He had been busted for doing some shady stuff that has been swept under the rug that we really don't know much about. And I, I find it very odd how the media and the NCAA uh, picks and chooses who they're going to go after and who they're not. And they decided to give him a complete pass. And it it almost looks like in in that administrative office, when they had those conversations, it's like, all right, Mark, if you step down, this all goes away. And that seems to be, in my opinion, what it looked like happened. What do you think? I think that one Michigan state just got kind of lucky with coronavirus. It hit about a month later. And so what was the story just simply wasn't the story anymore. But I mean, clearly there, there were definitely problems at that school. I go back to specifically when they were trying to find his replacement and they went after Luke Fickle from Cincinnati, who said he wouldn't go to Michigan state because there was a culture problem there. And so I, I think it came out maybe a week or two after that Mark D'Antonio had lied under oath about some recruiting violation because he went to go visit a player that he shouldn't have or or something along those lines. But I don't know exactly all that came out from it. But, I mean, Michigan State, they didn't get the NCAA sanctions. But the way that Mark D'Antonio left with the timing of of COVID popping up. I mean, it screwed their football season over. You know, I think about poor Mel Tucker who had like two weeks to prepare with his team for this year. And so I don't know if we'll see sanctions coming out of Michigan state. I I honestly doubt it. Uh, But I honestly, but I truly think it's just a product of coronavirus is why we really didn't hear more about it. Yeah. I don't feel super bad for Mel Tucker because he pretty much straight up lied to Colorado and like all the fans at the media, uh, at the media session, he's like, I'm not leaving Colorado. And the next day I'm leaving Colorado. (laughs) Like, okay. 
Well, he it's... never deleted the tweet where he where there were like originally rumors about him going to Michigan State, and he like he like tweeted like I'm not going to Michigan State, I'm staying, and then he left, and he still hasn't deleted it. It's still up, and I'm like, you have to delete that tweet now. You let it go. No one's gonna notice at this point. Just delete it. Doesn't the guy have an agent? Like say, hey man, get that down. Like get that off of there. But. And I mean, maybe he's just keeping it real too. I don't know. You never, you never know. Uh, what did I cover too a little bit about your career path? I think it's been super interesting. You've had some cool jobs. Um, you've really done a lot when you're at the University of Iowa. You worked with uh, Second City. Um, tell us a little about Second City. I've, I've I've seen some of their stuff before, and it's awesome. I mean, they have a amazing alumni that uh, have been a part of that. Tell tell us tell everyone out there what your career path has been so far and what you're up to now. So what was second city was just, it came out of the blue. So I started making, so I graduated in May and job hunt was just a nightmare. It sucked. Um, and so I didn't know how I was going to find a job. You know, I, I moved back home. I was just like, I have no idea what I'm going to do. So I started making TikToks because um, I was like, you know, this is the viral platform now. This is the way to get your content out there. So I started with um, the my most viral videos to date were the drunk girls of the Big Ten, drunk girls of the ACC, SEC. Um, and someone from Second City who was in Iowa, who's from Iowa City, saw my drunk girls of the big 10 and he reached out to me and emailed me and was like hey that was really funny like you have like you know the ability to be you know like a good writer and you know work in sketch comedy which i didn't even realize at the time i was doing it but i was putting together a sketch and so his name was tj and he reached out to me and we wrote a sketch together for second city's digital presence that was about um Michael Jordan, if he went to therapy, um, which you probably should go to therapy, but it was so much fun and it was really interesting. And then I got to work uh, with a couple other students from Second City, just helping edit and and produce some of the work they've done, which was really, really cool. Um, a super unique opportunity because I never, ever envisioned myself, you know, getting into sketch comedy writing at any point in my life. But eventually I did, you know, I kept making my TikToks and doing stuff like that. And uh, a really cool social media company called Wave TV, they found my my videos and they were like, hey, we think you're really funny, you know, TikTok host, we'd love to bring you on. So now I'm, I'm working for Wave as a TikTok host where I pump out like a couple videos a day just and it doing talking about whatever I want to about sports, which is really cool. So today I filmed just a, a weekly football spotlight and what I would do if I were NFL commissioner for a day. So they give me like, just, I mean, it's, it's unreal. That's a job. I can't believe they pay me to do it. I really can't. That's awesome. And you, you said you're back in North Carolina now. Yes, I am back in North Carolina. Um, I do plan on moving out to California uh, to be closer to wave, uh, but I'm going to hold off until early summer just because why would I move right now in the middle of the pandemic when my dad's not making me pay rent? Ah, yeah, yeah, I had a girl. <laughs> Always thinking. You got to save that money moving out to California. It's expensive exactly. out there. It's very uh, expensive. I think that's why one of the reasons why Hawkeye fans and Iowans have taken to you so much is because you're self-made, you're a hard worker and you've really done it all on your own. You've just, you saw your, your, your dream and your path and you just went for it. And I think, you know, Iowans in general can really, really just feel like they're see, see themselves in your shoes and a lot of different things that you've done. They see a correlation a lot in their life and yours. So um, it's been very, very cool to watch you along the way. One way I don't think they could see any correlation whatsoever was when you somehow made it into the ESPYs. I don't know how in the hell you pulled that off. Like you just got a knack for like, 
getting yourself into situations that like, I don't know how I would ever do that. Tell us about how you made it on TV. I know you ran, you rubbed elbows with some pretty cool celebrities. How did you get on the ESPYs? Through Iowa, of course. Um, so I was living in LA at the time. I had an internship with Spectrum Networks, which is the home of the Dodgers and the Lakers in LA. Um, and Isaiah Scales is a University of Iowa alum who works for Fox slash Disney now. And he used to come back to the journalism school all the time. And he is just, I mean, the most amazing mentor. He helps students in every way, shape or form. So I had gotten to know him a lot because he would come back and visit every year and just take students out to lunch, give them advice, talk to them, do whatever. And so he lived out in LA and it was so crazy. So I had, you know, moved out there as, you know, talking to him a little, you know, we're planning to meet up. And another Iowa alum messages me who used to work for the Daily Iowa, which I worked for for a little bit. And he was like, hey, I work for Fox. Would you want to come and take us? tour at Fox Studios. And I was like, well, heck yeah, I would. Why not? And so we go and I, I meet, up, meet up with them. We get lunch. We go tour Fox Studios and we're just going around Fox and it's really cool. You know, I'm seeing like the set of how I met your mother. And I'm like, wow, this is really cool. And we run into Isaiah and he's like, are you serious? Like this, I and Isaiah obviously works at Fox. He's like, I maybe run into him once every three months. We, this never happens. So I run into Isaiah and I'm like, oh my God, hey, like I've been trying to see you. What's up? And he's like, Lucy. And he's just the best guy ever. And he's like, hey, I have seat filler tickets to the ESPYs in a few weeks. Would you like to go? And I was like, oh, let me think about it. Like, yeah, of course I'd like to go. And so then a few weeks goes by. And so it's like the week of the ESPYs. And I was like, all right, so I'm a seat filler, which basically means like whenever an athlete leaves or gets up to an accept award, you know, you have someone sit there so that when they pan out over the crowd, it doesn't look empty. And so I was like, okay, um, how can I strategically do this the best possible way? So I went shopping that week in LA, which ripped my bank account, but let me tell you, it was worth it. And I was like, I'm going to look like I belong. I want people to think I'm an athlete girlfriend. I don't want them to think I'm a seat filler. So I went and I got like this very nice gown, like everything I could possibly need. So like Isaiah, I meet Isaiah at Fox, which is so funny because like I go meet him at his work. So all these people were in business casual stuff and I look like I just left like a ball. And so he's like, wow, you look really good. And I was like, yes, I planned it. Perfect. And so we get there. Um, I start off like not in the back or anything like that, but I'm like with the Texas A&M football team. And I move my way to sitting behind Dwight Howard, which sucked, couldn't see a thing. Um, and then finally, like uh, you had to wear like a wristband. So like you would hold out your wristband. Um, and so like someone saw my, me and my wristband. And they're like, OK, come here. And I took Jared Goff's seat and he was sitting in the front row. And I was like, no freaking way. And so I, I guess I, I think it just worked out that I dressed really nice. So they're like, okay, she looks like she would be in the front row. So it was um, just another seat filler next to me, but it was, I was on the edge of the aisle. So then there's a aisle next to me. And then that seat was Rob Gronkowski. Then right behind me was Giannis. Uh, like Russell Wilson was like three seats down. So I was like, be cool, be cool. Wow. Um, and I, so, and that was like an hour and a half before the show ended. So I was actually front row for most of the ESPYs, which was just an unreal experience. I, I can't believe that happened to me. <laughs> That's so cool. That's something that most people don't get to do. So that's, that, that is awesome. Um, I, I was watching too, I was watching one of your, uh, one of your videos and I've checked out pretty much most of your material and it, it was a pretty recent one. Like within the last couple of years, you were uh, walking around hanging out with Iowa tailgaters in Iowa city. And I thought I heard you say like, that was one of your, if not your first time ever tailgating. Is that true? 
Yeah, well, so when I was at, like at school, I was always covering the football team. So I was never, you know, going to tailgates or anything like that. The only time I had ever been to a tailgate before is I went to a fraternity tailgate, which straight up sucked. I had a miserable time. It wasn't actually a tailgate. It was just like a, a whole bunch of like college kids just lodged together and it was like 90 degrees out. So I didn't count it. But yeah, I had never been like really tailgating before because one, I wasn't old enough to drink and my dad was pretty against underage drinking. Oh, terrible parenting. Uh, I know the worst, right? And then <laughs> I was covering football the rest of the time so that I never was tailgating. And so when we would go, we would used to go on road trips to the other games to like cover them. And so when we would do that, like me and my coworker would always go check out the other tailgates and like, you know, film it and stuff. So I had been tailgating at Northwestern and Indiana and Purdue and stuff like that. And I, and then it kind of hit me one day, I'd gone tailgating at Michigan like two weeks prior. And I was like, how have I been tailgating in Ann Arbor, but I haven't been tailgating in Iowa city. Like that just can't be right. And at that point, my Iowa state video had come out and I had you know, a significant following. And I was like, oh my God, I bet I could, you know, really, you know, go see a lot of tailgates and meet a lot of people. And so it worked out great. I mean, the first time tailgating, can you like, it's, it's a dream to get invited to 50 plus tailgates, have a camera crew and everybody wants to give you stuff like that. Awesome. A perfect. That's one of my favorite things in the world to do is tailgate. Um, When you were there, you know, with it being one of your first times, I mean, I'm, I've been to enough of them, you know, us as Hawkeye fans, we get overserved and get a little sauced up for the games and, and go on in. Did you have so, any odd fan interactions? We were like, okay, dude, like you're a little weird. Odd fan interactions. I don't, I would, I say I have like odd fan interactions pretty frequently so much like, and not like odd, like anything creepy, just so much as like, it's still very surprising to me when people recognize me and they're like, I like, Oh, I love you. Like you're so funny on Twitter. And like my first instinct, most of the time is like, no, that's not me. Like, no, like I, I, what do you mean? And so that was interesting. Um, There's one Iowa tailgate uh, that they just loved me. They loved me so much and I couldn't believe it. So everybody was taking pictures with me and stuff like that. And that was wild. Nothing too bad, but I also think it helps that I had a camera crew with me, so people oh. were smart about how they acted around me. Okay. Um, but well, everyone was so awesome to me, and they were so kind, and uh, I couldn't believe that people knew who I was and wanted to tailgate with me. It was it just it still blows my mind today. Uh, one thing we were talking about too is we were very interested to see, you know, what's uh, Lucy's career path? What is the end goal? For you and I know that's a tough question. You're like, you piece of crap. Why did you ask me that? But I feel like you're a pretty goal oriented person, especially for somebody you know in their 20s. You seem to be very focused and know what you want. Uh, what are what are your goals and aspirations looking like right now? That's a great question. I feel like they change a lot. Um, I would say, Mike, I don't have like a set dream job I want. I don't have like a set like, oh, I want to be on ESPN or something like that. I consider myself so lucky right now that I get to, you know, make comedic sports content. And that's really all I've ever wanted to do. I just want to continue making funny sports content and want to do it on the biggest platforms because I just think it's I think sports are meant to be funny. And I, I love to make people laugh. And, you know, if I can combine my two passions of sports and comedy, like, why not do it? So I guess my dream goal is just to keep kind of doing what I'm doing now, but make it as you know big as I possibly can. I want to keep out growing what I'm doing, you know. 
Oh, I, and I got to say, I love the content. And I told you that first time I saw that Iowa State video, I about got sick. I laughed. And so, I laughed. I laughed. It. I laughed so hard. See, I'm so worked up. I can't even freaking talk. But I laughed so hard that, that you know, no one had done anything like that before. But I got to tell you, uh, Lucy at Nebraska Hawks Nest, we're huge fans. And uh, we're going to continue to watch your career unfold. And uh, big fans of you. We've shared a lot of your content out on our page recently to, you know, really get your name out there. And, uh just want to see more from you in the future, hopefully. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. I've been bad about posting lately because all my stuff is on different platforms now, but I really appreciate it. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks for coming on. And hopefully the Hawks can make a big run in the uh, Big Ten tournament, and the NCAA tournament in like the coming weeks. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Oh. Yep. Oh. All right, Lisa. All right, go Hawks. Go Hawks.